Welcome to the Salted Podcast, where we are translating and transforming our view of politics, pop culture, and personal preferences. In this episode, Abortion Part 2, how do we as biblically principled people perceive this as primarily a people issue instead of a policy issue? All that and more wonderful alliterations in this episode. Let's get salty. Welcome to the Salted Podcast. My name is Yon. This is Dan. And this episode, we are continuing our conversation from our last episode on the topic of abortion. It was such a unifying topic, we decided to do it again. As always. Um, so this episode, and it, we're going to kind of hit the second part, part two of abortion and how last time, last episode, we kind of framed it in kind of a policy perspective and how do we how do we approach it from a policy and maybe a principled approach to the even just the topic and this episode we're going to talk primarily about how do we engage the people which is uh, more important how do we individualize it and and address the people aspect of it with grace and humility and love and compassion all right well that's the uh, episode folks thanks for listening yep, that's all you gotta do uh the quickest one last one was our <laughs> longest one so this one's our quickest one so you're welcome um but then the good news is if you stick around pastor dan will tell you whether or not eating turkey at thanksgiving is actually a good thing or a bad thing oh man in our personal preferences Let's segment so if you've been wondering that, if you've been going to Thanksgiving over and over again, wondering, what are we doing? What is this even appropriate? Pastor Dan will tell you. So here we go. Abortion number two. So as I said, last episode, we talked a lot about um, maybe uh, we kind of talked a little about the history of how the conversation is specifically culturally in, in, in America, United States kind of revolves around. Um, some of the legal stuff and the two different sides of the argument would be whether you're pro-choice being, you know, the constitutional right to, to have an abortion and the Which freedom. Which is the protection that. of privacy. Yes, protection of my privacy. Um, and then the other side being, well, it's a it's a life issue and when does life begin and it's a pro-life issue. And, um, and then ultimately we kind of landed on, well, we are pro-life in general and we are, it, 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 go, it becomes less about um, advocating for pro-life policies and more about pro-life in its entirety from uh, unborn child conception all the way through um, the the death of someone in late stages of life. And mm -hmm. so how, that's kind of where we landed. And specifically this episode, we're going to talk about, well, how do we interact with the people that fall all along this spectrum of people's perceptions of abortions, people's engagement with abortions, people, um, you know, maybe having abortions um and the whole spectrum of people how do we how do we view it from a people approach yeah do you think you know off the top of your head do you think that it would be worth uh if you're a listener do you go back and listen to the first episode before this or or is that necessary yeah go back and listen to it um maybe a dozen or half a dozen times <laughs> and share it with your friends share it with your friends yeah <laughs> or your enemies yeah you won't understand unless you share it with at least five friends there's <laughs> just something weird about happens uh, yeah. but yeah that's probably a good idea just to kind yeah. of lay that foundation of of what we're talking about because really one of the key things we're going to talk about is again you know where when does life begin and how does that play in the way we love people and create a people issue but then also don't um, you know, just succumb to the pressure to say, you know, what life, that whole conversation is completely irrelevant. Yeah, so. I was thinking about how it's likely that if someone's listening to this one without listening to the prior one, 
their maybe their mind is flooded with but what about and how come you didn't mention right. and and uh and also this you know you never said anything about that so i'm just curious right. if it might be helpful it probably would be helpful for for our listener to 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 uh, pause here and pop over to that recent episode just yep. before this yep and if you aren't asking those questions in general like what about this what about that then we're i mean then we're really good but we're not that good because we miss a lot in every yeah. episode we talk about but we're trying to do our best to to kind of get a, a holistic picture and one of the things that we talk about is um is that in this conversation it's not it's not um in all of our topics but specifically abortion it's not like here's one side of the argument and here's the other side of the argument and the biblical gospel center perspective is right in the middle we kind of view it as here's one way, here's another way, and then there's a gospel third way, which is totally different, which kind of borrows from both of those ideas, and it's very, it's an overarching umbrella yeah. way in which all these other things are kind of yeah. um, differencing in priorities and, yeah. and what is the most important. So. And that's huge because if we are so, and do we, we, maybe we mentioned this in the last episode or, or recent too, right, where if if you're a third way in between providing balance to left and right, black, white, whatever, what you're doing is you're asking the ideologues from the left to compromise and you're asking the ideologues from the right to compromise their values. Right. And what we're saying is that both the left and the right, the red and the blue, the black and the white, whatever, however you want to categorize those two sides of whatever these issues are, right, culturally and politically, they are submitted and they are under a third way, which is kingdom citizenship or kingdom principles that both of them submit to right and and both of them get corrected and challenged and um and really uh convicted by yeah so we're not asking left and right to give up their values and move towards the other side what we're saying is whatever you believe however you look at life whatever convictions you hold dear you have to hold them up against a third hierarchy or not hierarchy but a high arching over uh, a tier that's over you and and submit your convictions to to the kingdom principles of a gospel-centered worldview right biblical worldview yep. and we do that by an analyzing and assessing kind of why we think the way we think which yeah. is kind of what we do here and say right. what lens am i looking at it through yep. am I looking at it through my political lens my cultural lens my ethnic, you know, my ethnic lens all yep. those different things right yep. and so and so specifically um in that vein, the question is now, okay, well, we talked about the policy and we talked primarily about, you know, l the major thrust of the question is when life begins. Right? Yeah. And we believe um, that the Bible teaches us that life begins at conception. And so that would preclude um, a lot of any type of um, post-conception, uh, what would be abortion or even post-conception contraception, yeah. right? Which would be yeah. the idea. And um, and that, but then also, we are pro-life, and we think that the biblical principles would be pro-life from conception to you know all the way to I'm old and I'm yeah. we're advocating for things like euthanasia and the value of life and the dignity of each individual. Um, but now we've landed on okay, well, what's the the people, right? We know that there's lots of different people who are interacting with this topic uh, from a bunch of different perspectives. Yeah, we know they're real people too. These right. are not these are not people on TV that are raging and protesting. And these are real people who we all know yep. and love, family and friends. And among our church family, we know um, that there are people that are have all different kinds of views and perspectives and experiences with 
this topic right. with abortion. Right. And we can look to a perfect new heaven and new earth where none of these issues uh, emerge, but everyone is we're living in the brokenness of the world, and yeah. that creates issues for people when it comes to bringing children into right. the world um, and all sorts of things. So yeah. we are, you know, we are pro-life, and we want to acknowledge that, you know, there are people who, there's a bunch of different people that are, are in different circumstances faced with a very real uh, decision to say, am I going to bring a child into this world yeah. or am I going to terminate the pregnancy um, for a bunch of different reasons, right? And so we've done, you know, we one of the, f- one post that you kind of highlighted that kind of identified, you know, the, you know, the, the idea complexity. that, yeah, the complexity and when someone's saying, well, I'm pro-life, um, when it not in fact meaning it, but the idea of someone saying I'm pro-life and saying I'm pro-life because, you know, I'm pro, there's a whole list of different examples, right? Of saying, here's a woman and here's her specific example or her specific circumstance of why she would have an abortion, yeah. right? And, and why she would be, be pro-choice. And why she'd be pro-choice. But the idea is I'm pro-life and that I'm pro this person, right? Oh, I've, yeah. oh gotcha. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like, like a play on, it's like, yeah. a, okay, so I'm pro-choice, but in my... Uh, but but within that context, I'm actually choosing the life of the mother. Yeah, it's like, for example, it's like I'm, this is some of the stuff from the post, like I'm pro-Becky who found out her 20-week anatomy scan that the infant she had been so excited to bring into this world had developed without life-sustaining organs. Right, so therefore she's she's the she's pro becky meaning pro life of that mother is that life suffering. Yeah, and caring for right yeah. but and then so the the medical intervention would be to have the to terminate the pregnancy because there's a there, right, the process of maybe carrying that baby to term and yeah. giving birth to it would be you know yep. with no with no life sustaining organs right or even like um right i'm pro susan who was sexually assaulted on her way home from work only to come to the horrific realization that mm-hmm. her assailant planted his seed in her when she got a positive pregnancy test mm-hmm. result a month yeah, later yeah. that falls into that rape category right, right? right. so it's same someone's saying i'm pro that person yeah. And that's why I want them to terminate the pregnancy and have an abortion because I love that person so much. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, someone like, so we, again, we approach this and we realize, and there's a whole list of these different people, right? Different scenarios and circumstances, which are, you know, they could be made up, they could be real, but they are real and that people are actually facing. Yeah. This. They represent real right. situ- situations. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so uh, maybe we're going to kind of frame this conversation in, well, we're all going to interact with people who are, uh, who have views on abortion from a very from and the the those views are informed by a, a variety of sources, right? It is um it is the and so some there's kind of like four categories that we're maybe going to focus on. It's that there's people we're going to interact with people as gospel people as Christians and even if you're not a Christian don't subscribe to faith. Um, you know how there's generally four categories anyway of how people kind of interact with this and and their views on on being pro-choice or pro-life and really there's kind of um the first one is is kind of like you're going to meet people who really embrace abortion and they say to go in far as to say you know shout your abortion and Mm -hmm. say you know you should be proud you should always advocate for it and and look at all the great things that my life has done because I got an abortion. Yeah, I, that reminds me of the scene that we all saw in New York when the New York State Senate, or Congress, I should say, voted to approve uh, late-term abortion. Um, the specifics now are slipping my mind. Right, yeah, but it's it's pretty much, yeah, you can, I think, pretty much have an abortion anywhere up to any trimester, and the third trimester, I think. Is, I think it was worse. I think yeah. it, was, it was partial Parsh- birth. Yeah. 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 
and then there was what a, like a standing ovation in the New York Congress yep. for yep. that decision. So yep. this would be that crowd, right? That number one category, which is abortion should be embraced. It should be utilized. It is a right to be. Um, you know, it's the equivalent, I think, of the pro-gun, uh, um, you know, um, Second right. Amendment crowd yeah. um, carrying their assault rifles or uh, rifles around in public. Right? They're shouting right. publicly, "This is my protected constitutional right." Right. Yep. And so we have an abortion crowd uh, or an approach, right? Uh, a response to abortion, which says, "I am proudly wearing and and shouting right. my." Um, my right for, to privacy, my right. right for an abortion. Yep. And yep. if there's actually a website called shoutyourabortion.com, which is actually pretty interesting if you read it. It's a wow. sh- full of stories. That The whole thing is like people submit their stories and their experience mm. around abortion. And mm. a lot of it is celebrating, you know, the the positive benefits of of terminating their pregnancy. And it's, it's you know, it's some of them, there are really interesting, deeply um, nuanced groups. <laughs> stories of people i encourage you to go read it anyone who's listening yeah shout your abortion go read the stories because if you don't know someone who's dealing with the issues yeah. go and read them and they're, they're gonna be right there it right. does add a um a needed um dose of of real real i mean reality right, right? real life right. circumstances yeah. but those but that group of people who are who are shouting their abortion is it's a embracing it positive everyone should do it mm-hmm. and it's kind of birthed from that that empower women's empowerment and here's what birthed did i just yeah don't give me those side eyes I, yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah whatever whatever synonym for birth is it's uh it's a source of hey women's empowerment this is like i was able to make a decision and i you know yeah. i found myself and right. i found my power and i wasn't you know i wasn't you know didn't let culture or the patriarchy can yeah, kind of tell me yeah. what to do or how to live so. you can hear that right if you as we've done that that contemporary critical theory um you can kind of hear those voices right. in this cause right that yep. i am not going to be oppressed by the sure. systemic mm-hmm. white um laws of our um patriarch patriarchal uh culture yeah yep. exactly so that's kind of like the first category um, and then there's kind of another category, people who have had an abor- abortion, um, and they, um, so let me go back to the first category. There's also people who have abortions where they're not shouting it, advocating it for everybody, but mm-hmm. they've had it, and they're just like, it was a good decision. I have no regrets yeah, over it, yeah. right? Probably the same category. Um, and then number two is the, they've had an abortion, but they're not really, they're not celebrating it, but they kind of feel like, again, I was, based on the situation, it was the best decision at the time. Yeah. Right? So... Um, that would fall into some of the categories of, of women who, um, again, it could be like a, you know, rape incest situation where you're like, well, in that moment I couldn't possibly, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly do it emotionally, or I couldn't possibly, you know, support a child yes. in my financial situation. I couldn't right. So All is that, is that the, is that the category of, of woman, Yon, who feels like there was no other choice? Right. Is it kind that of the feel, one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's, it, there is at the time, even looking back at saying, you know, I may not be, I'm not celebrating it, but I realize, you know, yeah. that's, yep. that was, that was the best decision, right? Um, and that's probably a lot, a, a good majority. Yeah. Um, number three, kind of a different category is had someone who's had an abortion um, and have moments of regret, reflection, questioning, where mm. they say, well, what did I, you know, did I do the right thing? Um, was that a, like, 
maybe that was a human life and even if it was a human life with recognition of saying yeah that's a life yeah and uh i mean could have done something differently so there's moments where it's not you know it's not traumatizing or yeah they're not overcome and overwhelmed by right, the emotion yeah, of it yeah. right and they're also not saying yeah it was the best decision that's okay um but it's kind of you know mm. it's always it's always there always reminded them right yeah. which is one of the one of the stories that i kind of found on shoutyourabortion.com talking about that as well in terms mm. of the constant reminder um and then there's a fourth category, and that's someone who's had one and had deeply regrets it and is deeply affected by it, Yeah. right? And that's a couple different reasons why that could be, right? It could be, um, it could be a recognition that that's a you know it's a human, a, you know, a, a quote unquote a conversion in the way that they view abortion mm, and say, yeah. well, that's not just some fetal tissue; it was a human life, and right. I can't believe I ended that human life, and um, it, you know, and then there's. There's and this is kind of a debate in the you know in the psychology world is right is there a, is there something is there something like a post traumatic you know mm. abortion post abortion stress uh, syndrome so that right? would be beyond like grief right yeah so something that's a it's a traumatic event and um, okay. there is similar um, you know similar engagements or similar symptoms of someone who's like who has some PTSD in other okay, areas yeah. right and this is kind of debated. Um, in the in the clinical world, we was someone that we trust gave right. us some insight and said, well, it could be a it could be it could be real. They could be have some some tr- some trauma, but it could be a, a trauma that is already there that was highlighted by the sure. process of having an abortion, sure. yeah. right? Um, uh, but then again, you always have to question, well, who's doing the studies? Is it someone who's a pro-choice person who's saying, no, of course you can't. It yeah, can't be possibly yeah. be traumatic because right and that and that reminds me too that if you're around the pro-life crowd enough you'll hear really only one category here in the argument right right and the only category and this might not be true but in my experience for me uh that last category right which is women who have abortions suffer ptsd they suffer with deep regret they're deeply affected by it um and they have this post-abortion stress syndrome, and they deal with it the rest of their lives. They always regret. Not, not. They don't say sure. always, but the the, the senses, right? That yeah. what they're trying to get across is, you can you can protect yourself against these devastating responses. And what right. we're discovering, of course, is that that's one of four categories. That's right. Yeah. Ish. Four yep. categories. Yeah. So, it's more reasonable to say there's a lot of different ways that women in particular yeah. react and respond to having yeah. the experience of an abortion. Yep. And there's a lot of debate about why these feelings exist, right? The people in the first category shout your abortion crowd would say, well, there's only a traumatic response because you've stigmatized the whole abortion thing. And yeah. that's why someone has, is having this traumatic yes, experience. That's right? true if, too. Yeah. yeah if, say that again. Say that yeah, again. I so, think that's important. Let me, I want to try to process this again. Yeah. So, I mean, there, if there's someone is having a deep feelings of regret and some, some trauma that's related to it, the right the pro-life people say well that's due to the abortion right and yeah. you've ended a human life the pro-choice crowd who's shout your abortion would say that's that trauma those symptoms only exist because you've stigmatized abortion uh, so much that you've you've projected this onto someone right. and they are just feeling totally destroyed and emotionally um destroyed because we're placing this burden on people so thoughts. they would say that the only reason this anxiety, this discomfort, I'm experiencing this trauma is because you fundamentalists have categorized this as such a wicked evil, right? Yep. That, that it's so stigmatized that apart from that, I wouldn't have these sensations, right? It's like the person who says, well, 
I have terrible guilt because I'm sexually active. And then you find out that they have guilt because of the way they were raised, right? Right. Yep. right. They were raised, they would call it like as a, as a prude or religiously or whatever, that sex is dirty. And that's why they're experiencing right. it. So it yep. was the it was all the things around it culturally, right? Right. That's and interesting. That, yeah, and that kind of came up in one of the stories on that I read in ShoutYourAbortion.com. The woman was describing, or the writer was describing, she was a teenage pregnant, you know, and, and this debated having an abortion, but she carried it to term and she was celebrated. And everyone kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. But then she got pregnant again and actually decided to terminate the pregnancy and didn't tell anyone because she felt like, I can't possibly tell everyone because... Are they going to treat me the same way? Mm. And so, again, someone in the pro-choice crowd would say, well, you've cla- you have caused emotional harm and trauma yeah. to this person because they can't openly say, right. you know, you, they wouldn't celebrate that person. And that's a, you know, it's a, it's a, okay, you could probably make that argument for a lot of different things in life where, of course, people don't do things because there's some public pressure to do it. Right. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, it's probably, in most cases, a bad thing. Like, you don't, and I'm not equating the two with like, you know, people aren't committing crimes because it's socially unacceptable, right? No one wants to go around saying, yeah, I committed a felony and people aren't going to celebrate that. So people would say, well, you're placing that person has emotional trauma because yeah. no one's accepting that you're a felon. Well, right. no, that's not a, like everyone would say, of course not. Right. Yeah. Um, but the idea that there's some public pressure around something and that stigmatizes something contributes to the trauma. Yeah, it could be true, but it's also not necessarily a valid argument for why we should or should not be celebrating right, or treating right. things equally. Right? Yeah, stop talking so negatively about all the murderers. Right. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so we kind of aim at those four different areas, right? We have four different areas of categories, and these are our categories that we've kind of come up with and said, well, there's, you know, as we think of who do we, how do we approach people and interact with people? Um, who are in this conversation, those are kind of the four different responses right. that people have. But like, I think one of the things that is interesting is that, you know, how do we respond to these four different people mm. uh, from a biblical gospel-centered worldview in yeah. a way is um, maybe not necessarily that different for each different category, but I'll let you tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I guess it's not that different. I mean, how could it be different, right? I mean... I wouldn't be able to navigate four responses for four separate right. interactions. Let me pull out my cue card for each yeah, four different yeah. people. Where do you yeah. s- like? I yeah. have five questions. I'm going to assess which category right. you're in. And I then think I heard this on a podcast. Right. One time. Yeah. Um, so I think I think. Oh, the big question is how do Christians think about abortion? Right. This isn't really how do people in general, how do secularists, you know, materialist, humanist, naturalist, how to how to religious be? This is if you are a um, Jesus following regenerated new heart, uh, you know, Bible would, would, would describe that, that phrase would be born again, right? Uh, how should that type of Christian think about abortion? And, and so again, this is, this is my best attempt at trying to trans, um, kind of uh, transmit what a biblical worldview would be. And and it would start here, Yon. It would start with what you said at the beginning several times. The Christian has to view has to view this topic as primarily a people issue, mm-hmm. not primarily a policy issue, not a politician issue. Right? Voting for pro life politicians cannot, does not, and statistically has proven mm-hmm. that it that it does not fix the abortion problem. Right. The abortion problem exists despite who you vote for. 
right? Can that person make differences in policy? Of course. But it's a it's a mistake to view this issue primarily as either a policy issue or a politician issue. And I think if you see it as more of a people issue, that gives you the ability to surprise people who are affected by abortion the same way that Jesus surprised people when right. he existed on the planet, right? Uh, and, and what I mean by that is you give them something they're not expecting, which mm. is grace. Or deserve. deserve. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is what grace is, right? right? Grace means that you're giving something something that they do not deserve. It's unmerited favor. Um, and so we get to surprise people affected by abortion by giving them grace. Well, what would that look like? It would look like understanding. Mm. It would look like hearing their story, giving real credibility to their pain their opinion their view their 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 um their story gets some um space in my heart as credible and meaningful and important and then and then grace also expresses real love and you know i have to say the word real because real love biblical christian gospel-centered jesus love is different than just love romance love there's a letter uh, that John wrote, um, and it's it's um, where he's describing what we've seen of God's love. And what we've seen of God's love is it looks like Jesus' sacrifice. So he says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. It's not a words thing. It's not a protest thing. It's not a positive thinking thing. It's not a policy or a politician uh, or a campaign speech. Let us show the truth by our actions. And by the way, he finishes in verse 19 by saying, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Right. Our words don't show that we belong to the truth. What we do, our actions. So the Christian has this significant responsibility mm-hmm. to demonstrate their love. And real love looks like Jesus' love sacri- sacrificially. Um, uh, it costs you something. Right. Yeah. You can't just say it. So so that's the kind of love that's inside this grace, mm. um, yep. and it's demonstrated to us. And so that's that's going to also look like support, financial support, time support, uh, emotional space in our heart support. And yep. along with that grace comes mercy, which means uh, if you are a biblical worldview person who's following Jesus, you, you withhold from them something that they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Some people would say, well, they deserve it. Well, right. either way, they're expecting Christians to condemn them. Right. Yeah. And a part of uh, really connecting and caring for and expressing this, this real love that John describes, God's love, Jesus' love, is withholding judgment and withholding condemnation. Right. And by withholding judgment and condemnation, you're, you, I think you're surprising people. Sure. I think that's not what people are expecting. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it reminds me of this, this picture that we have given to us in the Gospels where Jesus is confronted right by the Pharisees and they're trying to trap him and making a mistake with how he deals with the law. Right. And they drag this woman who was caught in adultery. By the way, you think of this. In that culture, they didn't drag the man to him. Right, they dragged exactly, the woman, yeah. right? The yeah. man gets away with prostituting himself yeah. and, and having all kinds of uh, sexual... How dare this woman yeah. tempt him, and he was helpless. Yeah, yeah exactly. And ironically, the woman had so much power, I guess. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So sadly, she's uh, yeah. in, a, in a very, very painfully uh, oppressive culture at the time for, for women. But they drag the woman to her, and they say, this woman was caught in adultery. What do you say we do? Here's what the law says. Right. But what do you say? And they're Which trying to trap him. Stoner right? to death. Yeah. Right? That's the law. Yeah. And so Jesus, you know, he has this absolutely 
profoundly shocking response, which is let's stoner. And right. we're going to start yep. with the person here yep. who's who has no sin. Yep. Go ahead, start the stoning. Right. right. And and this question is compelling. And yep. and so the, the gospels record that you know one by one they kind of like they walk away, they leave the right. scene. Like this this is not going to happen. There's not going to be a stoning. And Jesus just embarrassed the, yeah. the 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 Pharisees. And but something interesting happens because at the end when she's all by herself, Jesus says, "Where's your accusers?" And she says, I, I don't think I have any. And he says, I don't accuse you either, right? I don't right. condemn you. I don't judge you either. Yeah. Rather, I forgive you. The, the God in heaven forgives you, and I'm expressing those those words of forgiveness. And then he says, at the same time, he finishes this, this way. He says, go and sin no more. Right. So let this grace, let this mercy um, wash over you in, in forgiveness. And also, may it, may it, transform your heart right may it be transformational that's why my favorite film is les mis because the grace that was experienced by jean valjean the convicted Ooh. felon you're welcome yeah we you're all now 10 percent smarter because he <laughs> frenched it up a little as um the the grace that he experienced transformed his life and so the thinking here is not a moral thing jesus isn't right. saying okay you've been forgiven so now go be moral hmm. what he's saying is this grace is heart changing yeah and that's the idea that 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 if you belong to god's kingdom that your love for people takes action and that means that you get to spring into action when needs and and uh, come up for like a, an agency that we support here among through our church, right. which is New Hope, right? The, right. the the pregnancy center and any kind of uh, adoption, foster. Uh, we have a, 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 an emerging ministry uh, that we're partnering with here in our church family as well, called Foster Hope New York. And the idea is that adoption, foster care, all these ways in which we have an opportunity to express love in action real love that makes right. sacrifices yeah. and, and, and and you know when i think about this stuff i mean there's not only is there i think i could speak for most christians to say that when you think about abortion it generates some tremendous contempt and righteous anger toward yeah. abortionists yeah who are profiting off of the disinformation and the evil of abortion yeah. and 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 I don't even think we know the half of it. Right. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. You know, even if you follow any of what's turned up on the internet with Project Veritas, and you know, no matter what you think about that, that 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 behind the scenes footage of what appears to be harvesting organs um, and turning abortion into a profit, uh, you know, profiteering, right. it, it brings in a tremendous amount of righteous anger out of me. At the yeah. same time, at the same time. There's a tr when I think about what we're talking about here in terms of real love and what we could do to support and sacrifice, it brings a tremendous amount of conviction about my own life. You know, the yeah. long life and long years of apathy and ignorance and disengagement, letting this just be a policy issue or a politician issue. If I get my politician in there, then we're going to do some damage to right. reduce yeah. abortions. Yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That is not how it works. And the st statistics show that, yeah. that it has to be god's church bringing transformational change to their own world their friends and their family and their church brothers and sisters that are in their faith family through this kind of real love that is sacrificing that is showing compassion that's it's expressing yeah. support and understanding and 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 if we do anything less than that in my opinion it feels condemning yeah. and judgmental 
the good news is is that we've we've now done the most we can do by doing a podcast. So we yeah. So we finished our work. Yeah. Now, now, you know, now it's to the in this, dear listener. It's up to you. That's right. But, the yeah. same way I have changed the world, dear listener, yeah, go and right. do likewise. Yeah. I mean, the irony is, is that if you are, I mean, and again, we talked about there's different categories of people. You know, it is difficult to when you when you believe that life begins at conception and that's a human being, right? It's difficult to be gracious and loving with the first category of shout your abortion, do it. It's a great thing. Everyone should do it. It's the best thing you can do. You can empower yourself and all these different things. And that's hard to, hard to approach that person with grace and mercy and not condemn. Yeah. We want to match the intensity, right? Yeah. 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 And if they're that far extreme on that, their side, then we we typically kind of respond and match it with the extremeness on our That's side, right? right? Yep. Yeah. And but the other ironic thing is that if we're pro life, is that, and we want to maybe reduce people's abortions, and if they, I mean, I don't, we're never going to, uh, you know, I was talking to someone who ran a pregnancy center. It's like, well, are you, like, when's when does when does it end? Like, when have we known we're successful? It's like, well, we would like to think that eventually no teenage girls would get pregnant, you know, and, and they would wait till marriage, but that's not a reality, right? So we're always aiming for that, but we are always caring. And so we're not living in a world where a fantasy world where people aren't going to, you know, kids aren't going to, um, you know, get pregnant. And, but the question is, right, we could maybe even preempt our, the conversation about abortion by doing all the things like grace and mercy and love to those people and have a culture of that so that when they make that mistake and they get pregnant, they're okay bringing that to light and it not being like, oh, oh I have to hide this. I yeah. have to go terminate this. People are going to hate me. They're going to judge me. And oh, so, huge. The, you know, the grace and mercy conversation isn't just, okay, well, you, you had an abortion or you're a, a pro-choice advocate. It's, you can actually, by default, reduce the number of yeah. abortions had because we've, we've living a life and created a culture of grace and mercy where people are saying like, okay, like I made a life-changing mistake and, but there's a people of God, a community around them that's going to help them, you know, advocate for that life, carry that baby to term, and then care for that child, whether it be adoption, fostering, whatever it looks like. We definitely know for sure, according to John here, that it's it's not just going to be words. That's for sure. It's going to be far more than words. And I wonder too, I mean, if you're listening today and you, you or someone you know and love has experienced abortion, has had abortion of your own, you, I think there's some value in envisioning Jesus dealing with you the way that, that he dealt with this um, a woman caught in adultery, yeah. which is this. He didn't dig in. He seemed to instinctively understand that what she was facing was very complicated. Yeah. Her quote-unquote sin was very complicated. He He appeared to know that what led her there was probably important to know right. and probably... Um, overwhelming, and, mm-hmm. and in other words, he he did not lack any compassion and understanding for what she was facing. Yeah, he also didn't lack any truth for what um, what God's response is. Yeah, he's a forgiving God, mm-hmm. uh, and that there's a there, there's a follow up to that forgiveness to that grace comes some new direction. Right, we call that repentance. Right, you renounce the the past and you re you turn around from whatever you were resting your trust in yep. and you rested in Jesus alone and you go forward with newness, right? The fruit of repentance is, is, is born in your life. So, you know, that's, I think that's so vital that not only that we think of and, and, and kind of hold dear to our hearts, the way Jesus responded to that woman and his words of forgiveness, uh, but also that, um, we hold dear in our hearts that, um, 
um, there are people that need that desperately. Yeah. Desperately. And at the same time, as Jesus says, go and sin no more, right? There is an absolute law. There's a, you know, that God has established and there's a level of God's holiness. And as in this topic, we don't see the ground of saying, you know what? It is a choice. It's, but we hold firm on light. It mm-hmm. is a life. We believe that we were going to advocate for that life, but we're going to do it in a gracious, winsome way. And we're, we're going to be known for how much we are pro life in the entirety of that terminology and not just pro-life in the policy or the politician that we're right. advocating for. Pro-life right. plus. Yep. So that's where we, pro-life plus in everything we do, whether that's people that we're interacting with who are um, engaging this conversation, whether it be the policies that we're engaging um, the and we're advocating for, whether it be the politicians that, are, um, that we are um, supporting and advocating for, all of it is, again, it's a people issue and that we primarily aim at it's a people issue. And then we're a pro-life plus in every area of whatever that means. Then that's, I think probably on pretty solid ground as, as, as Jesus followers. So if you're not doing that, you can we start, condemn you. You can start. Oh, no, wait. Oh, yeah. oh, I missed it. I missed the whole oh, point. You had a whole new episode now Dang on it. your stupid response. I know. Uh, well, we are getting into a, an area where, Pastor Dan may get condemned by a large majority of our listening audience. And that is our personal preferences section. And the question is, um, you know, when the time of recording this, it's kind of near Thanksgiving as we lead up to it. And one of the primary kind of features of any Thanksgiving meal is a beautiful brown, is it brown? Deliciously cooked turkey. Is it brown before they cooked it or after you mean? Yeah, is it, is it golden brown? Is that what a turkey is? <laughs> when it comes out of the oven? I'm, yeah, yeah I'm red green colorblind, so yeah. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. It looks brown. But a beautiful, simmering, waiting to be carved turkey. <laughs> and it, it, are you a turkey person? Do you prefer your Thanksgiving with turkey or sans turkey? You know, weirdly, I just recently discovered that not everybody is a turkey person on Thanksgiving. I mean, shouldn't I be, a, shouldn't I yeah. know these things before I turn 50? Well, it's a pretty, I mean, you would assume it's everywhere, right? right. And yeah, I guess we're just such, um, you know, anti-cultural, <laughs> anti-institutionalist. Lots of people are turning against the yeah, popular yeah. narrative, but that's yeah. true. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say this. If your question is, <laughs> do you prefer turkey or not? I think I do, but I do for the reasons of tradition once a year. Uh, that being said, if turkey was out on a buffet for Thanksgiving and there were other items hmm. uh, and you just w- I just went on what do you prefer and it wasn't Thanksgiving, uh, I don't think I would reach for the turkey first. It's it's also another thing when you think of okay, well, it's not you know, it's either turkey or no turkey, but it's like, well, what are the other options? Like when you yeah. think of how much money is spent on a turkey, like yeah. I don't even know, but you know, <laughs> what is it, like a twelve pound, fourteen pound? Are those that like that? And does the normal size twenty twenty pound turkey? Yeah, I mean those things aren't cheap. Yeah, but is it possible for me to get a couple of strip steaks instead? You know, for the amount of money we spend on it. Do you see what I mean though? That's so. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, but it's a representative, right, of what the founders of our country were experiencing, you know, according to some. And they definitely, there's no way they could have been grilling up some strip steaks, right? 
No, but or could they have? I mean, maybe bison. I don't know. Bison. Yeah, I mean, maybe some venison. Maybe. Yeah. It just feels like. I mean, I, I grew up in Canada too, and we still had we had turkey too. It was like a you know, it's a Canada has different Thanksgiving months ago, right before, but um, yeah. I I, I mean, I just don't. I actually might prefer like a like a turkey salad sandwich post Thanksgiving more than I like a fresh yeah, yeah. turkey, you know. There is something special about I, I, I was re, I was relaying this story recently that I remember as a kid growing up and and really liking Thanksgiving and uh really liking turkey at the time. Um by the way, white meat probably uh dries oh. out right quicker than the oh, than well, the dark. Are you a white meat or dark meat guy? I think I I I mean, is it dry? Is the white meat dry? Let's just say it's the perfectly cooked turkey. White meat. Okay. Yeah. I'm a dark meat guy. Yeah, I could do dark too, but only when the dry, only when the, the, the white's a little bit. But, so I remember growing up around this, this um, in the turkey that we had was very memorable, as I recall. But I also have really fond memories of leftovers and pulling mm. cold turkey out of the yeah. fridge, putting it in a little dinner roll. Yeah. And, you know, back in my, back in my hood... Where I grew up yeah. on the streets, mm-hmm. I finna put some Miracle Whip on that. Yeah, you know what I'm wow. saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife would murder me if I brought Miracle Whip. Listen, home. I mentioned Miracle Whip to yeah. somebody at my gym, and they almost took a swing at me. Like, yeah. Gag. It was a gag <laughs> reflex. Uh, I'm not sure if it was my gym, but um, I prefer to spend eight dollars on my jars of right, right, vegan, real. So, so I got this theory that Miracle Whip is to mayonnaise what Velveeta is to cheese. Mm, right. I tell you what. Are we going, we're going different on episode, yeah, different we're going episode. on a different trail. Different so I would pick, I would, I would select turkey just to be a uh, a once a year participant in. in yeah, a it's tradition, kind of it's a full week. It's like a full week of tradition right there, yeah. as opposed to just at the meal. Right. Yeah, it's a good reframing. You can't eat steak, little mini steak sandwiches all week long, right? With, mm, but I can the rest of the year. That's right. So there you have it. Uh, continue on with your Thanksgiving tradition of eating turkey, even if you don't like it. Make it, carve it and enjoy it because that's what americans do right yes they do yeah Spoken some do a, some yeah. do <laughs> or don't Spoken whatever by a canadian yeah. <laughs> origin or don't well thanks for joining us hope you have a great great um rest of your life if you never listen to us again but uh, like us share us go ahead and uh, give us a review so that more people can find our words of wisdom uh, so we can all solve the world's problems together okay thanks everybody Thanks so much for checking out the Salted Podcast. You can find other episodes and topics on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you click follow so you'll get notifications whenever new episodes come out. Thanks for listening.